All right, going to blow through the football predictions and predict the World Series in this episode. Got to head out for the weekend, so let's get right to college football. Uh, Florida at Georgia uh, in Jacksonville, the annual Florida-Georgia game at the end of October. Uh, Georgia's going to win and cover Florida. Um, it hasn't been a series the past 10 to 15 years for the most part. Florida's one here and there, but Georgia's number one for a reason. They're going to crush Florida. Kentucky plays Tennessee. Um Hinden Hooker's going to go off. Uh, Kentucky, they need to slow it down, have Chris Rodriguez run the ball, and Will Levis make plays. But Tennessee's offensive talent under Josh Heupel, uh, Hinden Hooker is just going to be too much. Um, it defen- if Tennessee's defense holds, then uh, the Volunteers won't have an issue. So Tennessee beats Kentucky. Ole Miss at Texas A&M. Um, I'm hoping Jimbo pay- plays Connor Weigman. Uh, why won't? Why wouldn't you at this point? Because he's the quarterback of the future. Jimbo at this point needs to be more worried about keeping all of his star freshmen that they have been playing very, very well. And people need to realize that um, in college football, uh, players don't make a huge impact right away like they do in, let's say, you know, college basketball, where they're one and done, then hit straight to the NBA. Um, these guys take a year or two or even three to develop. So the fruits of this class isn't going to be fully there aren't going to be fully realized until next season or even the season after. So um AM, they should have beat App State. They should have beaten South Carolina. Um, they should have beat Alabama. Uh Mississippi State, I understand they got their butts kicked, but uh let's just see how they play tomorrow. Um I'm going with the upset. I'm Going to go with AM just for the heck of it. I'm assuming Wagman's going to start. Uh, he He's the real deal. He looks like the truth. Uh, Missouri, South Carolina. South Carolina should win, even though Spencer Adler has been below average all season. Uh, Ohio State at Penn State. This is going to be one heck of a game tomorrow morning, 11 o'clock on Fox. Um, too bad it's not a night game wideout, but wideout nonetheless is one of the biggest environments in the sport. Uh, CJ Stroud is going to go off with his uh, weapons. Uh, the Buckeyes have won five straight versus Penn State. Um, and Penn State did not did improve last week uh, after they got schlacked for over 400 rushing yards versus uh, Michigan. But um, the thing is, they are 1-7 against Ohio State under James Franklin, so that is a number, that's a record not in their favor. Obviously, being in Happy Valley helps, but Ohio State talent, Ohio State's talent is going to win out at the end. So Ohio State wins against Penn State, but they do not cover the spread. Michigan hosting Michigan State. Um, uh, one team is ranked number four um, in position to make a run for the playoff, and the other team um, is questioning why they gave their head coach uh, this massive uh, eight-figure contract, and they can't do jack squat on the defensive side of the ball. Um, their def- Michigan State's defense is terrible both in the rush and the passing games. Uh, Mel Tucker has beat Michigan uh, two times out of two, but um, with Michigan rocking the second-best offense in the Big Ten, the third-best point differential in college football behind only Ohio State and Georgia, and Michigan has a 12-game home winning streak, uh, the Wolverines will crush the Spartans, and it's not going to be even close. Um, Illinois at Nebraska, so Chase Brown for Illinois has been doing great. He has over a thousand yards rushing. He's actually the leading rusher in the big 10 this season. Um, Illinois under Brett Bielema surprise six and one season. I did not see this coming from, from, 
from the Illini for sure. Um, they have arguably the best defense in the Big Ten. Um, and Nebraska is just kind of in a rebuild reset year after they fired Scott Frost early in the season. So I'm going to take I'm going to take Illinois to win on the road versus Nebraska. Uh, scooting down to the Big Ten or Big Twelve, excuse me, we have number nine Oklahoma State and number twenty two Kansas State. This is a two thirty p.m. on Fox tomorrow. So Kansas State they had a lead over TCU and they blew it. Uh, so they'll be looking to get back on track at home in Manhattan. Um, Spencer Sanders, uh, I wasn't expecting him to play last week versus Texas, but he did. Uh, Oklahoma State had a come from behind win versus the Longhorns in Stillwater. Um, so the key is for Kansas State, can they stay healthy? Adrian Martinez, Deuce Vaughn, um, and a few other, other players got hurt last last week. Um, if they stay healthy, they they have a decent shot at winning. Now, Chris Kleiman, he is 0-3 for Oklahoma State, so Mike Gundy has had his number. Um, but I think Kansas State, they have one of the better defenses in the Big 12. They, I think at home they're able to play their game a little bit more. They'll try to limit Spencer Sanders' uh, offensive possessions, um, and I'm going to pick the Wildcats. Uh, not in an upset, I mean, because they are favored at home but they are lower ranks, so I'm going with the Wildcats to beat the Cowboys. And speaking of TCU, they are number seven, still 7-0 seven undefeated, on the road in Morgantown to take on the West Virginia Mountaineers at 11 a.m. tomorrow on ESPN. Um, Max Duggan this season, the TCU quarterback, has been absolutely fantastic. Um, on the season, 19 touchdowns, only one interception. Um, but in his career, he is 0-3 versus West Virginia, and in those games, which haven't been particularly close, he only has one touchdown pass and five picks. And it, Morgantown is one of the most underrated but tough environments to play in in the country. Um, but TCU is just more talented. They're better coached with Sonny Dykes. And I'm gonna rock with I'm gonna rock with the Horn Frogs in this one to win in Morgantown. Uh, Cincinnati at UCF. Um, UCF is led by Ole Miss transfer quarterback John Rice Plumley. Um, ben Bryant on the other side for Cincinnati has been playing well this year. Cincinnati six and one still. You'd think after all the talent they lost to the NFL, like you know Desmond Ritter, Sauce Gardner, all those guys um, to the league, that maybe they would have a drop here. But Luke Fickle's done a fantastic job with this group. Um, they are ranked number twenty, only one loss in the season. Uh, UCF's not doing too bad under Gus Malzahn either, sitting five and two two and one the conference but i'm gonna go with with cincinnati it's more of a a toss-up game and i'm just gonna go with the the bearcats i doubted them last week but they're gonna win this week uh number 10 wake forest i never thought i'd see wake forest in the top 10 but here they are taking on the louisville cardinals in louisville tomorrow afternoon on acc network uh the demon deacons are six and one this season and sam hartman their quarterback's just been playing absolutely great all season uh, every game he's put up near or over 300 yards. That's why he's average, averaging over 300 yards per game. At least he has 21 touchdown passes too. Um, Louisville, they're an okay team. Malik Cunningham is not a great quarterback, but he's not bad. He's just mid. Um, and yeah, I, I think this is a talent mismatch in Wake Forest's favor, even on the road. So I'm going to go with the Demon Deacons to beat the Cardinals. Notre Dame at Syracuse. So Syracuse, of course, is coming off that that loss against Clemson last week where they had the halftime lead 
and they they unfortunately let uh, Cade Humanek come in and lead the Tigers' comeback. But the Orange can be assured that, you know, this is not the same juggernaut Notre Dame team that we've been accustomed to seeing. Tommy Reese has been putting up some good numbers for the Fighting Irish. Marcus Freeman has the program back on track. Um, but the Sarah, but the Orange, they have the best defense in the ACC. Um, they've won five straight in the Carrier Dome. And like I said, they had Clemson on the ropes last week. They could have easily won and should have won that game the way that they've the way that they were playing, uh, shutting down DJU and that Clemson offense. But um, unfortunately, Cade Humanek had other things to say. But regardless uh, of what happened last week, the Orange will come away victorious against the Fighting Irish. Uh, Pittsburgh on the road uh, tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Central versus the North Carolina Tar Heels. North Carolina is 6-1. and one. No one's talking about them. They're number 21. Drake May, their quarterback, uh, he has... 27 total touchdowns this season, 24 of them passing. He has about 2,300 yards passing. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the country, and that's not getting a lot of attention, like your C.J. Strouds, your Caleb Williams, your Bryce Youngs, your Hendon Hookers. He's not mentioned with those guys, but he could get invited to New York if if things break North Carolina's way over the last few games of the season. But... uh yeah, Carolina is favored by a field goal in this one. Um, Pittsburgh's running back Israel uh, Abani Kanda he leads the ACC in rushing, but um, North Carolina's offense I think they're just going to outmatch Pittsburgh's offense. Keenan Slovis has not done very much for uh, the Panthers this season, so I'm going to go with the Tar Heels to win this game and cover the three points. Uh, shifting onto the West Coast now in the Pac-12, we have the number eight Oregon Ducks coming off that huge win at home in Autzen against UCLA. They are taking on uh, University of California down at Berkeley. And um, Bo Nix has just been playing out of his mind since the Oregon since the Oregon game where they got absolutely creamed versus Georgia in the, in the opener. Ever since then, he has 25 total touchdowns and only one interception. So he's he's been playing great. I got I got to give Bo Nix credit and he has Oregon in the top 10. And uh, I think they'll have no issue with California Berkeley in this game. Uh, USC and Arizona. Um, Arizona's quarterback, Jaden Deloria, he is a prolific passer. He almost has 2,300 yards passing. But the Trojans, they've won nine straight versus the Wildcats. And Caleb Williams this year, the USC quarterback, he has much better stats on the road than he does at home for the Trojans. Ten touchdowns and no interceptions on the road. We'll see if... uh, USC's best receiver, Jordan Addison, plays in this game, but it's a talent mismatch straight up, and USC is going to beat Arizona. UCLA hosting Stanford. Uh, UCLA beat Stanford late Saturday night. Um, Then three other non-ranked games that I want to discuss real quick. Um, Oklahoma at Iowa State. Dylan Dylan Gabriel is back to full health, I think, for the Sooners. And even though Iowa State is a scrappy, pesky group, they're gonna, they're gonna, uh, not, they can't match the offense of Oklahoma under Dylan Gabriel. So Oklahoma, uh, moves to five and three. Baylor at Texas Tech. That's gonna be a fun Big Twelve matchup. I can see it honestly being a shootout or low scoring game. It's gonna be, gonna be a back and forth atmosphere, but. Give me, give me uh, the Red Raiders at home. 
and then Arkansas at Auburn. Uh, Ar- Auburn has a dead man walking at the head coach spot, Brian Harson. Um, and Arkansas is nothing special either this year, but they're just in a better state program program wise. Sam Pittman's not going to get fired uh, like Brian Harson will be, so I'm going to go with the Razorbacks in that game. All right, now to the pro ranks. Uh, the London game um, this week, the last London game of the season, is the Broncos and Jaguars. Just a just a crappy game to watch. Like two two and five teams going head to head. If Russell Wilson plays, then I guess the Broncos win, but I'm going to go with the Jaguars and their favorite anyway. Just I don't care about this game. Uh, Steelers at Eagles. So the Eagles are favored by 11 at home, and they are the last remaining undefeated team in the league. Um, if Kenny Pickett plays, then you better limit the turnovers because he has seven interceptions since week four, which is the most in the NFL. And if the Steelers are going to keep running the Matt Canada offense, then they stand no chance at, and even sniffing a playoff spot, even a wild card spot, spot because the Bengals are better than them. The, uh, Ravens are better than them, and who knows what the Browns are when Deshaun Watson gets back. So, yeah, the Steelers—they're—they're they're down bad this year. It—it's gonna. I, I think Mike Tomlin's gonna finally have a losing season. Um, and this game, the Eagles are just talented everywhere. Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders—the offense, defense—they're just better than the Steelers at almost every position. Cornerback to Darius, Darius Slay, James Bradbury. They'll, they'll lock down the Steelers receiving core. So the Eagles, yeah, the Eagles, no problem versus the Steelers. They'll win, and they'll probably cover the spread. Patriots at Jets. Hmm. So Patriots are favored on the road, and they're starting Mac Jones. Um, Brees Hall, the Jets running, the star rookie running back from the Jets, he unfortunately tore his ACL, so he will be out for the rest of the season. They did pick up James Robinson via trade from the from the Jaguars so they have him they have Michael Carter they have those two guys manning the backfield to help out Zach Wilson but I think the Patriots they're going to take away um whatever the Jets do best and I'm going to go with the Patriots to beat the Jets on the road some something tells me the Patriots after they they got embarrassed by the Bears on Monday Night Football this week I think they're going to bounce back and and handle the Jets on the road in New York uh, and they and they are favored, so I'm going with the Patriots. Okay, next game up is the Dolphins at Lions, another early game on CBS. Um, Tua's going to be back, and when he played, Tua has the most uh, yards per attempt passing in the NFL, 8.6 yards per attempt. That's the most in the league. And and the Dolphins, they're 4-0 when Tua plays the full game and 0-3 when he doesn't play. So there's a magic formula for the Dolphins, it seems like, and that's Tua playing. Um, the lions, they're one in five. Um, they put up only six points total on offense the last two games. So something has to give with the lions. Um, they're running back. Deandre Swift has not been healthy all year. How do I know that mainly because I have him on my fan, one of my fantasy teams and I've been having to sub him out constantly with Jamal Williams backing him up. But the dolphins I think are more talented. Um, and to, uh, Tua just has a command of this offense that the other Miami quarterbacks do not. So the Dolphins take this one in Detroit, and they cover the three-point spread. Uh, Raiders at Saints. Um, so the Saints, they are averaging 30 points per game with Andy Dalton. 
they they put up points, but in their last game versus the the Cardinals, I believe they just they just gave up way too many yards to Kyler Murray, um, and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and they also threw a lot of picks. So I think Andy Dalton bounces back in the Superdome. The Raiders they won versus this, they won versus the Texans, but it's that's saying something because the Raiders needed a fourth quarter comeback. First, the Texans, who many people think are the worst team in football in the NFL this year. So I'm not buying the Raiders at all. I think the Saints went at home in New Orleans uh, straight up and cover as an underdog. Um, the Cardinals at Vikings. So like I said recently, like I just said, the Cardinals, and, they, and they've played better on the road at home. There is something about them. They're just road warriors. They, they, they do not like playing in the desert for some reason, but. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, whenever he's playing, the Cardinals average nearly 28 points per game. And without him, they almost average about 19. So he makes a huge difference for their offense. Um, he opens things up for Kyler Murray, both in the passing and running game. Other receivers like Rondale Moore, Zach Hurts, the tight end to get open. Um, the Cardinals, their secondary is going to have their hands full with uh, the Vikings, obviously, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, um, they're probably going to find some holes and have big days. Uh, Kirk Cousins, when he's not playing in pride time, you can count on him winning. So, And the Vikings are also 4-0 in very close games, meaning one possession games this year, and they were not very good at that last season. So I'm going to go with the Vikings in a very close game. They will win, but they won't cover the three and a half points. Uh, Bears at Cowboys. Um, so the Bears... They looked decent against the Patriots last week. Um, but the th- the scary thing is, though, Justin Fields has gotten sacked 27 times this year, the most in the NFL. And what do the Cowboys have? They have arguably the best pass rush in in the league with Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Leighton Vanderesh staying healthy for the Cowboys. And, of course, on the back end, you got Trayvon Diggs um, getting picks left and right. Um, yeah, Cowboys and, and Dak Prescott too coming back, Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott, good, great two-headed monster at their running back spot and, and CD Lamb manning the receiving core. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys are just a mismatch talent wise for the bears and, uh, they, the Cowboys show no issues with the bears this Sunday in Arlington Panthers at Falcons, uh, NFC South matchup for first place. The Panthers, who everybody thought was tanking, could be in first place in the NFC South. That just speaks the NFC South is the worst division in the NFL this year. So with that being said, I'm going to go with the Panthers. Um, even even though the Falcons are favored, I'm going with the Panthers just for chaos sake and, and for meme sake. Um. Next game up, we're getting to the uh, late afternoon games now. First up at 3.05 on CBS. It is the Titans at the Texans. So the Texans have the worst rush defense in the league, and who are they playing against? The Titans, who have this guy named Derrick Henry, um, who has won the rushing title the past few seasons, and the Titans have won four straight. So, yeah, the Titans over the Texans all day long, all day, all night. As far as I'm concerned, uh, and then the three uh, other games in the late afternoon are on Fox 325. First up is Commanders at Colts. Um, 
Sam Ellinger getting his first career start this season uh, on Sunday after the Colts announced that they have benched Matt Ryan for the rest of the season. Um, but the Colts have not had a great rushing attack, and that is surprising given they have given they have Jonathan Taylor. Um, and they're, they're 30th total in points per game at 16, and then rush yards per game, like I said, 30th also in that category at 81 rush yards per game. So they need to figure it out quickly. Um, against the commanders who have a decent rush defense, but the Colts at home, I think Sam Ellinger is going to put a spark into that offense. And I'm going to take the Colts to beat the commanders on the road uh, or at home. Excuse me. 49ers at Rams. So the 49ers have obviously had the Rams number minus the NFC title game last year when the Rams beat them and wound up winning the Super Bowl. You know, those, you know, the story. Um, but, Kyle Shanahan just has Sean McVay's number in the regular season. Um, and the Rams' bad offensive line against the 49ers' uh, pass rush, yeah, that's going to be a problem. And Matthew Stafford has been turnover-prone all season long. Um, he does have Cooper Cup on the outside. Uh, maybe, finally, Allen Robinson puts up some good numbers like he did in their decent numbers like he did in the last Rams game that they played a couple weeks ago. Hopefully Van Jefferson comes back soon. I don't know if he's back this week, but if he's back, then the Rams can can put up a fight. And obviously the 49ers, another week to utilize Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield, along with uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. and the rest of the 49ers' weapons. Debo Samuel can be more of a true receiver. Um, This is a close game. It's almost a pick to me, even though the 49ers are favored by a point and a half on the road. But I'm going to go with the Rams. Um, though I, I think Sean McVay has some plans dialed up for, for the 49ers. And then the Giants at Seahawks. Who would have thought that this matchup would be the only matchup of the week between two between two teams with winning records? The Giants 6-1 and one at the Seahawks, who are 4-3. and three, And another team, the Seahawks, who many people thought were going to be one of the worst teams in the league. They are first place right now in the NFC West. Um, just, just amazing thing what the, just amazing what the NFL can put out in front of you week to week. Um, Geno Smith is still leading the NFL in completion percentage. He is third in passer rating behind Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes. So that's saying something. Um, the giants, they have Saquon Barkley, who's just a special player. Um, but the giants rush defense is giving up 5.7 yards per rush. And what the Seahawks like to do, they like to run the football. And Kenneth Walker, their rookie out of Michigan State, has been doing absolutely great things for Pete Carroll and company. I think is this is where the Giants' um, magical kind of win streak, uh, kind of invincibility comes down to earth a little bit. I'm going to go with the Seahawks to win in Seattle. And then Sunday Night Football, Packers at Bills. Um, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have been struggling. Um, all season long, one of Rodgers' worst stretches as a pro football player. Um, he has won 13 straight games in primetime, but um, the Bills are just more talented everywhere. Josh Allen is the better quarterback right now. That's weird to say, but he is the better quarterback. And the Bills, they will win on Sunday night football. And for Monday night football, Bengals at Browns. Um, Jamar Chase is out with a hip injury for the next four to six weeks. Um, but Joe Burrow still going to swing the ball over the yard. Um, and uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals 
to get the road win. Even though the Browns, Kevin Stefanski is 4-0 versus the Bengals, but the Bengals, I think they're getting back on track this season and Joe Burrow will have them cooking. All right. Uh, before I get to the World Series now, let me just quickly get to other sports news. I mentioned the James Robinson trade from the Jags to the Jets. And in return, the Jets um, give back the Jaguars um, a sixth-round pick, which could potentially be a fifth-round pick. Uh, Robert Quinn um, on the Bears, he got traded to the Eagles now. He was an All-Pro last season with 18 and a half sacks. And the Eagles send back the Bears a fourth-round pick for him. Um, the Marlins, they hired Skip Shoemakers, their new manager. He was the Cardinals bench coach um, last season, and he was also with the Cardinals when they won the World Series about a decade ago as a player. And, um, <laughs> well, also, um, Brittany Griner's appeal for uh, her nine-year prison sentence in Russia has been rejected. So it looks like she will be in Russia for the next decade or so in prison. Um, Tom Brady and Giselle, Gis Giselle Bunchen, they they uh, divorced today officially. Tom announced it. Um, none of my business, but best wishes to all of them, both of them and their families. Um, and also, finally, Hugh Freeze for Liberty. He signed an eight-year deal um, with about $5 million earning per season earnings per season, so he will not be coaching uh, at a Power 5 program for the foreseeable future. All right, uh, we are on now to the World Series. All right, so it's no surprise that the Astros have made the World Series. This is their fourth trip in the last six years to the Fall Classic Um and they play the NL, <laughs> another team from the NL East, shall we say, the Philadelphia Phillies. This is their third third rodeo with an NL East team in the World Series is, is in the last three seasons, four seasons. Um, they lost to 19 to the Nationals and last year to the Braves. But I'm picking the Astros in five. Um, I'm just going to, the Astros, top to bottom, their roster is just better. They haven't lost in the postseason for a reason. Um, their pitching mainly is the is the driving force behind their team this season, um, led of course by their ace Justin Verlander, who is having had a Cy Young caliber season at age thirty nine. Who would have thought? And behind him, his uh, Frambor Valdez, who set the quality starts record, Christian Javier, who's been lights out the second half of the season. Luis Garcia, Jose Urquidy, and Lance McCullers, who would be an ace on a lot of other teams. He's back, too, as more of a depth piece. Like, they have so much starting pitching. Like, it's not a, no other team even compares to how, how much good starting pitching is on the Astros. And then they're both into Ryan Presley, their superstar closer. Um, and behind him, setup guys and relievers, Rafael Montero, Ryan Stanek, Brian Abreu. Hunter Brown, Hector Neris, who was a former Philly, and Will Smith, who's now on the World Series roster, who won it with the Braves last season against the Astros. And notably, Seth Martinez is off the roster. But And then let's get to the Astros hitting core. You know, their main core of hitters this year is Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, 
Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker. All those guys are superstars. Um, uh, Alvarez and Tucker and Bregman are the RBI guys on this team. Altuve leads off. He hasn't done a lot this postseason season has only two hits, but he's due to wake up at some point, And I think he'll step up in the world series. Um, and behind them on the, in the lineup too, they have Yuli Gurriel who has not been um, his usual uh, batting champion self this season, but is still has been good in spurts. You have Jeremy Pena who's replaced um, Carlos Correa's production. No problem whatsoever. And at a fraction of the price, uh, Mal- Martin Maldonado behind the plate, great defensive catcher, arguably the best in the game. Not a big bat, but he he can frame it like no other. Chaz McCormick for depth in center field. Trey Mancini um, coming over from the Orioles, great guy. Uh, designated hitter right now, um, could play first base if needed. Crash- Christian Vasquez, the backup catcher, who's the better hitting catcher between him and Maldonado, and Alitmus Diaz, who can play almost anywhere on the field. Um, and then further depth for the Astros, you have Mauricio Dubon and David Hensley. They are without really their best hitter, Michael Brantley, their best pure hitter. He had season-ending surgery earlier in the summer. but um, So the Astros aren't at full, full strength, but they're darn near full strength. Um, their pitching is at full strength, and I, I don't see how the Phillies just beat all those starting pitchers. And some of them even come out of the bullpen. Like, that's just... That is just unfair that you have two or three starters like just needing to come out of the bullpen. Um, so good luck to the Phillies. And speaking of the Phillies, their best player is Bryce Harper. There's no if, answer, buns, buts about it. Um, he could be the best player overall in the series. Um, and the Phillies, they were 22 and 29 at one point this season. They fired, um, they fired Joe Girardi when the locker room was just. Not in a good spirit. They they just weren't getting things done. But Rob Thompson, they're, they he got promoted from within, and he's just been a, a light switch and a spark for this this team. And let's just go through the players for the Phillies. JT Ruomuto, one of the best two-way catchers in the game. Great defense and even greater offense from him. Reese Hoskins, he's rediscovering why he was one of the best younger, best young players in the game a few years ago. Gene Segura. Um, formerly of the Mariners. He has a smooth bat and a smooth glove too. Bryson Stotts at shortstop. Brad Marsh from the Angels in center field. Um, Kyle Schwarber, one of the best, if arguably the best power hitter in the game, launching bombs left and right. Uh, Nick Castellanos driving a ball to deep left field in his four to nothing. <laughs> uh, Nick Castellanos is a good player for them as well. And they're pitching. I mean, they're led by Zach Wheeler, formerly of the Mets, Aaron Nola, homegrown. Uh, Kyle Gibson, Ranger Suarez, Noah Syndergaard packing them up for um, depth purposes. Um, David Robertson, good reliever. Jose Alvarado, their closer. Anthony Dominguez, one of their better relievers as well. You know, and the Phillies, they only, they won 80-something games. So, and the Astros won 106. So this is, like, Bryce Harper is the best player in the series, but the Astros are the far deeper team. And, and I just think the Astros pitching is just going to sh- they're they're going to show why um, they've carried the Astros all season long. Um, yeah, give me Astros in five. Uh, Phillies will get a game. Um, they're just going to have a game where their hitters go off, but their pitching depth is not 
the Astros pitching depth. That's just a fact. Um, and I understand the NLE's curse that the Astros are under, and the Nationals kind of won in the same scenario, but they had more star talent on their roster that year than the Phillies do this year. They don't have a Juan Soto. They don't have a Max Scherzer or Steven Strasburg. Um, the, the Astros are just more talented. So Astros in five, and they will finally win their second world championship since uh, 2017. All right. That is it, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the episode uh, and the podcast. Tell your friends and family about the show. Um, I'm so excited for the World Series tonight, and I'll be keeping a close eye on it. And uh, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football weekend. And I will talk to you next week where we could already have a World Series champion. We will see how that goes. Take care.